with me, as always, is Frankie Giampapa. Nailed it. I did. Good job. So that's why they pay me the big bucks. And by big bucks, I mean I don't get paid at all to do this. Right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hope you are having a great day. Thank you for joining us for the live cast of this show. If you are listening to us on a podcast, audio-only version, or maybe watching the replay on YouTube or Twitch, if you do want to join us for the live show, it's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you can do so via Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. However you join us, thank you so much. Please be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a comment, all that fun stuff. You guys know what to do, and gals. But let's jump in. This, uh, this show, we're going to talk about what's going on in the Games Workshop hobby, some other nerd stuff uh, in the past week, and all kinds of good stuff, including bad jokes, which we're, we're known for. Mainly Pretty good at those. Jokes. Pretty okay. good. We don't really have good jokes. No. I'm preparing for being a dad. Not that that's going to happen anytime soon, hopefully. But I'm just getting those dad jokes in. I'm just logging them. I'm getting my reps. My 10,000 hours of bad jokes so that when there are kids, I'm just going to... I'm just going to, like, left and right. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> just the worst jokes possible. Perfect. You know what I mean? That's why I got the stash. I'm ready, dude. You are. I'm you ready. The, you got the stash. You got the COVID bod. You got <laughs> the jokes. <laughs> I got my dad bod. Crushing I, it. I am ready for dadness. Now I just got to do the, you know, have the kid part. <laughs> uh, so anyway, thanks for joining us. Let's go ahead and jump in and talk about what went on the last week in the nerd, the nerd realm. So first of all, this week's pre-order is the long-awaited Lumineth Realm Lords for the Age of Sigmar miniatures game. Of course, these used to be High Elves in the world that was, or the old world, and now they're called the Lumineth Realm Lords. Pretty cool name, I think. And uh, the first wave of models and some of the fun stuff like the dice, the cards, the endless spells, um, obviously the battle tome, those are all available. Store.frontlinegaming.org. Uh, just click on the pre-order tab or head on over into the Age of Sigmar section. You can grab those, and they're at a discounted price, plus free shipping options, of course. Ooh. Pretty cool stuff in there, including the new tech list who comes with a weird, like, man-faced cat sphinx thing. That model's a little strange. Isn't that in the backstory, though? It is now. I thought it was before. No, tech list, he rolled solo before. He was on oh, foot. Okay. He's he's upgraded. <laughs> now he's got the, uh, the, the weird mask-wearing sphinx thing. That's right. Really cool model. Um, and then uh, the light of... Eltharian, I think I said that correctly, hmm. which a lot of people are thinking or, 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 or saying that the thing is one of the coolest models they've seen. And of course, that's uh, uh, he was a hero from the world that was who died. I think he died fighting Nagash or it was some one of those undead um, champions. And then he was resurrected as a uh, like a spirit. And he's it's like a floating suit of armor. And the way that the model was made, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Right, like it, it's so dynamic and it's like flowing. Um, it, it took me a while to realize that it wasn't that there was just armor. Yeah, it's that yeah. good. No, it's really good. A lot of the models they've been releasing for the Lumineth are just incredible. Like I like their archers. The archers just look yeah. so sick. And so. they have a cool like like Assyrian kind of like motif mixed in with like Greek. Um, it's just really really cool the way the the aesthetic that they went for. Um, and that's been true for the High Elves the, the whole time. They have, it's kind of a mix of different ancient cultures, plus a fantasy element. And that's a good segue, Frankie, because the archers and the spearmen, are they up for pre-order now or is that next week? I think it is this week. I'm not sure. Now I'm drawing a blank. 
uh, I believe uh, either this week or next week you can grab those. They're the, the kind of the, the meat and potatoes of the Lumineth Realm Lords army. And coming up next week is a model I'm excited for, Battle Cow. Bull, man. Big Mountain Cow. I don't know what uh, what you want to call them, the Battle Bovine, the... Uh, there's all kinds of fun ones. Apocalypse Cow. Uh, all kinds of fun names that people are throwing around. I personally love the model. I think he's one of the coolest models we've seen in a long time. He's very imaginative. I like the overall aesthetic. I love the big hammer. I love everything about it. It's silly, but I, and to me, it's silly in a good way, and I think it looks fantastic. But a lot of people think it's a little too silly. Yeah, it's it's a little much. It's kind of like the helmets that they're wearing as well. You're just kind of like, eh, it's a lot going on here. Well, the big horns fit. The little guys that imitate him that have the big cone head with horns on the top of the cone, definitely not my favorite. No, no, a little weird. So in the chat, this is the, the irony of ironies. Screen name Awesome Sausage says Beefer of Secrets should be his name. Oh, I think it should be good. Awesome Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, battle cattle, bull boy, uh, good ones. two good studs ones. and a caterpillar mustache. Oh wait, no, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from Don the Magnificent in the chat. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I love this model. I think the Lumineth Realm Lords are going to be really popular because of how cool the models are. Yeah. High elves were super popular in uh, Warhammer Fantasy. I've been reading mixed results on how uh, good they are on the tabletop. There's kind of like mixed opinions on how effective their rules are gonna be, we're just gonna have to wait and see for some tournament results yeah. for that to play itself out. Obviously, not a lot of tournament results right now. Nope. So you're just gonna have to wait uh, wait on that. But uh, if you like the models, grab them. I'm sure you can make a competitive or semi-competitive list. Um, in Age of Sigmar, there's, I feel like the gap between the rich and the poor in Age of Sigmar is not huge. No. So, Bovine of Eternity. That's pretty good. <laughs> Moo Mountain, these are some great names. I like it. Everybody in chat's throwing out some good ones. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and jump into the web cart. Grab these Lumineth Realm Lords. It is coming in waves. You can get the first part um, this week and then uh, you know get another paycheck on Friday. Grab the rest uh, this coming Saturday. This will be available at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So the long, also anticipated and awaited Necromunda video game came out yesterday on Steam. It's getting some mixed reviews. A little disappointing. Um... Some of our staff already downloaded it and played it. And uh, I've been really excited for the game. I love tactical turn-based RPGs. I love XCOM. I love Divinity, Original Sin, Final Fantasy Tactics, Fallout Tactics. I'm a sucker for these kind of games. I love them. Um, and that's what Necromunda uh, Under Hive Wars is, right? You get a gang. You can customize them. They level up. They can get hurt. They injured. They start out as a juve. They can go up to a veteran ganger. They get different skill trees. Like uh, the way it was explained to me, you have a skill tree for your gang, one for your class, and then um, there's a third one. So you, there's all these awesome combos you can do to customize. And then you can customize the way they look, just like an XCOM, which is cool. Um, apparently, though, it came out and it was super buggy. Yeah, it's supposed to be very buggy, but, I mean, it looks awesome. And yeah. it's in the 41st millennium, so of course I'm going to play it. Yeah. Let's get it. And it it's, so. it's on sale through September 14th, so... Yeah. Like, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ahead and get it, download it, and then I'll probably wait for them to work through some of the um, bugs, put out some hot patches. It's just, it's really annoying when these high, like, AAA, AA games come out and they basically come out in a beta. Yeah. It's like, why not just pump the brakes and wait a little bit longer or do a real beta and gather that data and get it done correctly? Now, I'm sure 
making a video game is extremely challenging. They also have financial concerns. They might just straight up have been running out of money. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, we need to start making money now or we're not even going to be able to finish the game. You know? Yeah, you never know what's going on behind the curtain, but it is always very unfortunate because it was super exciting. The trailer was sick. And then you're just kind of like, oh, there's a bunch of bugs. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so from what I've been told is that the single player is really fun. The AI sucks. Apparently that's one of the biggest complaints is that the enemy AI has trouble navigating the three-dimensional, because it's very three-dimensional, just like the the tabletop game. Yeah. You have guys up top, they're going on zip lines, going all over the place. You got engineers that are like sabotaging elevators and all this cool stuff, but apparently the AI is pretty crappy and that the multiplayer is really unstable. Uh, yeah. Pascal and our team said that it was difficult to even get a game to, to stay like stay in um, in game. Oh, that's too bad. Yes, yeah, it's, it's annoying because, like, I, apparently the PvP has really tremendous potential. Um, I would love to take a gang and fight against other guys in the office or, or other people yeah. out there and level up, and that sounds like a blast. And apparently the cinematic, the cinematic cutscenes in the game are really good. Um, it's just it's going to take a while for them to work it out. Hopefully they do. I just It's so annoying when companies release these games and they're not done. You know, just like, come on. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. But hopefully enough people will pick it up and then they'll be able to fix all these bugs and it'll be amazing. So Let's hope so. I'm going to buy it anyway just because I want to support, you know, I want more high quality uh, games set in the Games Workshop universe. So I want to support them. I'm not an app. I don't play mobile games or, or app games and stuff like that. So I know you do. Yeah. I haven't bothered to pick any of those up because they just don't appeal to me. I even got the, um, the turn-based AdMech versus Necron game that came out i don't even remember what it's called i played it for like 10 minutes and it was not very good in my opinion <laughs> they keep coming out with new stuff so maybe it's improved you know maybe it's better but i still got it so whatever yeah uh yeah hopefully necromunda uh, gets some polish because it, it's, it has a lot of potential for sure it, it sounds really awesome i like the different levels it adds complex uh scenarios and really comes into the skill so i yeah. really hope they are able to fix it and we're able to play a bunch of it so yeah, we'll see. And in the chat, a lot of people are talking about it, saying that uh, uh, many of the game's problems are still, they still have in Mordheim, which came out five years ago from the same studio. That's disappointing. Yeah. Um, releasing, fixing bugs, and handle the controversy, controversy is cheaper than uh, wait for profit while fixing bugs, says Philippe Martins. Yeah, a lot of the big studios now, like, just kind of take it on the chin, and they put a lot of money into marketing, and then they make their money within the first month, and then they just kind of go, yeah that's going to come that, that that's going to come home to roost though like com yeah. companies that consistently do that are going to earn a bad reputation you know like bethesda's is uh their reputation has been diminishing especially with like fallout 76 and some of these like games that were just crap when they came out yeah it's like people are going to lose faith in you and there's gonna be new studios that come up that put out better quality stuff they're going to eat their lunch yep so enjoy it while you while you can i guess all right let's talk about something that is near and dear to my heart uh, I've been waiting for this for so long. The Dune, uh, the new Dune movie trailer came out today. It's already up to half a million views within like minutes. It looks spectacular. It's exceeded my expectations. I'm so excited. I've been following this since I heard about it. Uh, David Villanueva is the director. You've heard us talking about this. He yeah. directed Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, which is a science fiction masterpiece in my opinion. Uh, one of the best movies I've seen. And he, this is his dream project. So I am crazy excited for this. The trailer was flipping amazing. 
you can go over to frontlinegaming.org and check it out, or obviously you can go to YouTube and just search for it. <laughs> um, man, where to begin? So the movie looks phenomenal. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with what Dune is, which if you're listening to this podcast, I find that hard to believe. It is, uh, it's, it's the seminal work of science fiction. It's probably the most famous popular work of science fiction. It's like the Lord of the Rings of sci-fi, and it is a masterpiece. The first book uh, is being split into two movies. So we're seeing the preview for the first movie. And man, it's, I was just like, you know when you get that feeling when you're just like so excited, like feel like like giddy, you know, I was just like, never experienced experienced that in your life. life. Good. You're a really good co-host. I was like, Frankie, watch this before we do the show. He's like, nah, I'm like, get out of here. Get out of my life. That's right. You can't, you can't get rid of me. You stuck with me for so long. My mustache will be the co-host. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> but uh, so the movie looks phenomenal. Uh, the director, this is like his dream project, which, you know, whenever they have a passion for it and they actually understand the source material deeply, you're going to get a better project product. Take notes. Disney was star, star, <laughs> star Wars. Poor Disney. And the, why was the Mandalorian and Clone Wars good? The, the, the person running it is a Star Wars fanatic, right? It felt authentic. The new movies did not. Yeah. Right. And that's because there were people that just wanted to be attached to Star Wars that were just shooting from the hip and like, oh, there's lightsabers and stuff, you know? And it's like, ah, and you feel it. <laughs> it doesn't, explosions. right, exactly. It doesn't feel authentic. Right. Yeah. Whereas The Mandalorian, whether you liked it or not, felt authentic. It felt like real Star Wars. And that's because the people doing it have a passion for it. That's yeah. why I think that this is going to be a home run and looking at the, trailer i was just like oh my gosh this looks so dope <laughs> so like first of all you have uh timothee chalamet as paul atreides um he what a name I, okay i didn't see his name right mariana's in the back like smirk like he like, he, he, like snickering at me <laughs> you come out here and say it better than me i don't know he's got a french name <laughs> so he's i think perfect for paul because paul's young uh the actor's actually 25 but uh paul is a teenager yeah. Right. And in the in the in the uh, David Lynch movie from the '80s, the actor was clearly an older, yeah, like an is. adult man. Yeah, a bit older. So I think Timothée is like the right choice if you want to check him out. He was in The King, I think it's called, on Netflix. It's like this weird mix-up of King Henry uh, Shakespeare's weird. King Henry play and like not. I don't know. It was a good movie though. Yeah. Not great, but it was good. Anyway, you, you can see his acting skills. And he's, he's talented. Yeah. Right. You have Josh Brolin as Gurney Halleck perfect choice uh you have jason momoa as duncan idaho i couldn't imagine a better person <laughs> yeah, for yeah. that role uh oscar isaac is leto atreides that's the dad uh, paul's dad yeah amazing um you have um, the beast for bond is played by um the professional wrestler i'm, I'm drawing a blank with john batista when i saw him in the makeup i was like yes that's perfect <laughs> um and skarsgård i think alexander skarsgård is um um the baron which they, they have to put him in a fat suit but still they only hinted at fat him in the suit. trailer and i was like oh he looks so cool dude i can't wait and everything man the saduka when they come down and they're uh they're like floating down on repulsors like if you read the You're book being very biased right now what I didn't hear a single negative in anything. You were just like, it's all good. Everything Dude, it looks so good. <laughs> because like in the in the David Lynch movie in the 80s when they put on their- It was good. I love that movie. I've yeah. seen it like 10 times. It's sitting on my shelf. Yeah. I own two movie DVDs and that's one of them, <laughs> right? And in the David Lynch one in the 80s when they put on their force fields, 
it looked cool in the eighties and looks really silly now. Yeah. It looked like this blocky, like, <laughs> and, uh, and for those of you who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, cause I'm blurting out my, my nerdiness, um, in the Dune universe, they have personal force fields. Like, so soldiers, warriors put on this force field that makes them immune to like any ballistic weapon. Yeah. So they, they fight with in hand to hand combat. Right. So it's like, super badass they have like a force field and they fight with knives because that's the only way that they can actually kill each other so it's like so awesome dude they're like space ninjas with force fields like running around yeah and then you see the saduka come down in their uh, white armor and it's not power armor which a lot of people are thinking they have repulsors which allow them to like kind of defy gravity a little bit so they come floating down and these guys are like they're not super soldiers in the sense of like they're physically different um, in the Dune universe, the Emperor of Mankind, yes, 40k copies hugely from Dune. That's why I'm going off on this huge tangent. Uh, so much of the 40k universe comes directly from Dune. So the Emperor of Mankind, in, or the Emperor in the Dune universe, has these legions of Sadukai. Those are the guys in the white. And they're soldiers that are fed into death worlds where they just take any political dissident, anyone they don't like, criminals, they throw them on these worlds where like one in a hundred lives. They take those put into these crazy training camps where only like one in 10 makes it through. And that's the Sadaka. So they're like Delta Force, ultra badass. And then they're also like fanatical. Like yeah. they'll, 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 they'll die without a moment's hesitation. And that's how the Emperor controls the Lancerot, which are all these uh, uh, other planets. Each planet's ruled by a Duke or a Baron. And it's like a, a feudal society. So basically, if you know the backstory of 40K, Dune is the exact same thing, and that's where 40K got pretty much all of its background. Yeah, so the Sadaka became Space Marines. In the original version of 40K, yeah. Space Marines weren't superhuman. They were fanatical shock troopers. They had uh, special training and equipment. They were basically Sadaka. And then um, the way that they travel between worlds in the Dune universe is the Navigators Guild, who are psychic navigators that can travel through hyperspace or subspace. Gee whiz, that doesn't sound uh, that doesn't sound familiar at all, right? That's not the 40K story. And the, the the planet Arrakis, aka Dune, is where the spice melange is made by these giant sandworms. You see it in there. Shai Halud is the, the other name for them. And that is how people become psychically aware. Therefore, it's the most valuable um, uh, uh, resource in the galaxy. It also extends life. Yeah. And it lets humans also think at like hyperspeed, like the brain can think at the speed of a computer. So uh, everything revolves around the control of this planet. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Hopefully me rambling about it wasn't confusing. I just am so excited. I cannot wait. December 18th, my ass is going to be, Rona be damned. I will be in that theater <laughs> watching this. I can't wait. Uh, and in the chat, yeah, there, uh, JTW Geek says, yeah, 40K is almost entirely based on Dune and Starship Troopers. That is, yep. that is correct. And then they, they sprinkled in some fantasy in there. Uh, from uh, Warhammer Fantasy, which was almost directly lifted from Michael Moorcock's uh, uh, books, uh, famously with uh, Elric of Milnibony. So good. Yeah, 40K Punk says Shailud is a great band. Shailud is the name of a punk band, uh, and they took it from uh, yeah. from Dune. Katie and Ranger asks, what's the other DVD that resounds? And it's a Harry Potter collector's edition. No, it's not. I was too old to enjoy Harry Potter. I still never seen it. Don't listen to him. It's there. No, it's Memento, which uh, Memento, I think from, especially at the time, the, the, the narrative, the way it's 
presented and the storytelling in it is it's spectacular. It's been copied many times since then, but when it first came out, it was groundbreaking. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be in the theater. I don't, I don't. It could be on fire. The theater could be on fire, <laughs> and there could be an active like, shooter. It, there could be an active shooter in there, I'm and there. I'm still gonna be watching it, dude. I don't, I don't care. Uh, so anyway, check out the Dune trailer. Uh, read the books. If you consider yourself a 40k fan, you owe it to yourself to see, uh, kind of explore the roots of the game, the lore of the game, and of course, they're just amazing. Yeah. You can download it on Audible. I've listened to two versions of the audio book because I wanted to hear it with different voice actors. <laughs> uh, really good. That's going to like throw you off if you listen to different voice actors do the same characters. You're like, uh, It what? makes a huge difference. Yeah. It makes a huge difference in the way you like, like think about the character. Yeah. Right? Because like the, in the two versions, one, um, the Baron had this like, eh, I'm the Baron. And the other one, it was like um, the guy from the Green Mile. Like, um, I can't remember his name this like incredibly deep baritone yeah. voice and i was like wow that makes the baron sound so much more like intimidating and intimidating <laughs> yeah. and that's not really the way he is in the books yeah um he, he's very intimidating but not physically intimidating no. he's just evil rides around on a floating wheelchair yeah he's so oh he's so obese that he can't walk <laughs> so he floats around does he have like feeding tubes and stuff like no he's just like he's presented as this like ultimately uh indulgent person gotcha like he's he, like hyper hyper indulgent only cares about himself yeah does not care about anybody else and he's ruthless um but yeah he just constantly is like, eating and drinking and doing <laughs> terrible things to people he's just, he's awful yeah um yeah can't wait it's gonna be amazing <laughs> all right so in other news games workshop Ooh. is previewing the new necron and space marine codexes on the 12th of this month be sure to tune in to the uh, Games Workshop Twitch channel, and you can see the way the new 9th edition codexes are going to be laid out. In addition, you're going to be seeing previews of, of units and rules, I'm sure, all that kind of fun stuff uh, for the Space Marines and Necrons. And it's going to be really interesting. Frankie, what do you think? Obviously, we can't give away too much, but uh, the Space Marines are going to be changing quite a bit. They've already previewed that the Mini Marines are getting an extra wound. They're yep. going up in points. There's some other changes that um, will... We'll drop a little hint without giving anything away, but it'll hopefully titillate you a little bit. Ooh. Some of the units that are very, very strong right now in the Space Marine Codex might be getting toned down. So it's going to be really interesting. They're going to be changing a lot. Some of the uh, outliers on the extreme end of the power spectrum might be coming down. Yeah. And then some of the uh, units that don't see the table very much, like tactical Marines, all of a sudden might become really, really good just for the virtue of the fact that they have two wounds and they're relatively tough. You can just throw them on an objective. So what do yeah. you think, Ben? I think uh, I think the Space Marines are going to be changing a lot in the way that they play. Like we were saying, a lot of the units that you don't see now will probably see the tabletops. Um, so basically all your strategies that you had at the beginning of the ninth are going to be changing because the Space Marine Army is going to be changing. Um, I think a lot of the different changes that they have going on with like stat lines and weapons and stuff like that, I think it's going to make them probably better than they are now i don't know um, i don't i'm not sure about play that differently so i wish we could discuss why we think these things but we yeah. can't without giving everything away i i think that they're still going to be top of the pile in terms of the meta yeah but i, I don't think it's going to be as egregious as it is now like right now there's things where you're just like this is dumb right and i think so, hopefully a lot of those things are not going to be that way anymore we'll see it depends on what you 
people listening are going to be like, aha, that means dreadnoughts are getting nerfed. You know, it depends on what you think <laughs> is dumb. Yeah. But uh, you're going to see a lot more mini Marines, in my opinion. Like things like Vanguard vets are going to be amazingly good. Um, and then some of the, the current things might not be seen as much. I could be wrong about that. But um, I, I think that it's going to be like the baseline is going to stay high. But some of the most ridiculous stuff, hopefully, isn't going to be an issue anymore. But then, you know, like some of the weapons that are changing, there might be units that become really uh, frustrating just yeah. on, on, on the virtue of like, you know, some of the changes they talked about with like melted weapons and flamer weapons. Uh, there might be a new, a new um, uh, frustrating unit that rises up. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there'll definitely be some outliers, but I think some of the units that you're seeing now will still see the tabletop but you will see those units that got a lot of buffs that will become the new norm. So I uh, just be prepared for some changes on both sides. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, GW giveth and taketh away. Um, that's just the, that's the only constant in this game is change. And then uh, as annoying as it can be in the short term for the long term, you want the game always changing. Yeah. Um, it, Makes it more exciting. Yeah. It keeps yeah. it from getting stale. Like fifth edition, I thought was a masterpiece edition of 40 K, but it got so boring at the end. It was very boring. I mean, you would get, what, two codexes a year if you were lucky? Two to three. Yeah. yeah. So it was just very slow, and there weren't, like, new models coming out every week or anything like that. So um, it was just a lot different than it is now. Now it's a lot more, like, fast-paced, uh, so it's also harder to keep up with. But like we said, I think it makes it more exciting, right? Things are constantly changing, which is cool. Yeah. I Like, for, like if, I, if I was in control, if I had a magic wand, I would kind of split the difference. Like things change so much now that it's actually hard to keep up with, even for us who are focused on it. So like as a casual player, it's like, it could be a little overwhelming. Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm not as motivated to paint my models because it's, it's just changing too quickly. Yeah. So I like, I understand from a business perspective, the way they're doing it's great. The stock keeps going up, which I own some, so cool. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Frankie does too, actually. But- um, Don't rat me out. Like Jeez. for- <laughs> Rat you out, whatever we believe. Hey. We have skin in the game. We believe in what we're doing. That's true. Fair. The um, I, I would like if it came out just a little bit slower, personally. Um, I think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that that it, it would just make me feel like a, it wasn't so tumultuous. But that, that's just my personal opinion. I'm sure a lot of people like it the, the way it is. Yeah, honestly, I I kind of like the War Machine model. Not that you really want to base any kind of business model off of uh, War Machine because they're not doing so hot. They, they but, had a good, they've had a good run, man. Yeah. They, it was a successful game for quite a while. But yeah, I get your point. Well, what they would do is at the beginning of an edition or whenever they do like a big change, they would release everything together. So it's like here are all of the codexes, which is a huge project and would take super long to do. And I'm sure it would not be great financially, but you release them all together. And then what you do is you release new models, but you release them all together. So you release a new model for all the factions at once. And then you have those rules that are adding. So then you just kind of do it like that and do it in pieces. Um, I think it would be a little bit easier to um, probably balance and then also for people to kind of keep in touch with it. Yeah. Because um, now just with you get a new codex and then another codex comes out and then another codex comes out. And during those points in time, there's like four different models that come out. And you're like, oh, geez. It's hard yeah. to keep up with it. So I, I agree with you totally. Like I would rather get uh, a book every um, couple months than updated everybody. Yeah. But, you know, that's not the way they do it. And codexes are cool. They're fun. I love codexes. But it, I think from a from a match play gameplay perspective, it would be nice 
to just have a book with a little bit for everybody every time. I don't, it's probably not viable with how big 40K is. Yeah. Right, with War Machine, back when they did it that way, I don't know if they still do. They were updating like four to six factions, not 20. 20, yeah. Right, so. They're coming out with a new model for 20 different factions. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah, or even if they did it in chunks, right? Like this time yeah. we're going to do all the Space Marines or whatever. So yeah, I mean, you know, uh, pros and cons. Yep, of course. Um, but then when you're at the tail end of the edition cycle and you're like, I finally get my codex and then like, years and later, <laughs> you're like, oh boy. Yeah, that, that's a little frustrating. I think that, that it, it could be, I think it'd be more beneficial to just maybe not do everybody at once, but maybe do all of them within the first, you know, six months. Well, I, kinda, like I really liked uh, the indexes in eighth, right? They were all released like right on top of each other, which was great. So now everybody has kind of like the baseline of all their rules. And then of course with the codexes coming out, it changed the whole way that it worked. But I liked that everybody kind of had their rules at the beginning, which was really nice. Yeah, I agree. So. Well, they kind of did that with ninth too. They updated everybody's points and all that. And they put out the FAQs yeah. and all that stuff. So they kind of did it, but sure. so, you know, hey, for better or worse, let us know what you think. Do you like this codex cycle? Would you prefer it to be in a different format? If so, what, let us know. And in the chat, a couple of people were saying like, hey, what about Necrons? Well, Necrons are getting a ton of new stuff. I think you already knew that. We don't have any insights uh, about Necrons that I think are going to shock anybody. There's a ton of new units coming out. They're going to get way better, in my opinion, because you have a lot more options. We can't reveal any specific details. Excuse me. Until GW does. So uh, just hang tight. Make sure to tune in to the live stream on the 12th. That's this coming Saturday. Yes. Yeah, Saturday. To make sure to tune into that so that you can see what's happening in real time. Yeah, and really and truly the picture kind of tells it all. The Space Marine Codex is in front of the Necron Codex, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's some Illuminati yeah. stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, but no, the Necrons are going to change the way that they play as well. Um, all sorts of special rules coming out for them, so just be ready. Yeah, Necrons are getting a huge update. Yep. Huge update. So if you're a Cron player, get excited. Plus their new models are sick. They're really sick. I mean, all of them are, <laughs> so cool. to be honest. Uh, let me see. Uh, Felipe Martinez says, uh, Space Marines annoyed him so much that he started playing uh, Age of Sigmar, especially nice. the Lumineth Realm Lords. When I need a palate cleanser, I go to AOS too. Yep, me too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it would be my main game. I really enjoy it, but I just, I don't know if I would be my like, number one. Uh, not to put it down or anything, it's just my opinion, but yeah. I love it as my second game. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun little filler game. Um, I don't, like you said, I, I just love 40K so much that I don't I don't know if I could switch over to Age of Sigmar completely. Yeah, so invested into it, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions about the specifics of the Space Marines in the chat and the nature of the printing books. And yeah, they're, they're, just to touch, touch on what they were talking about in chat, it takes time to, to write, format, print books. Yes, it does. Um, and uh, will Space Marines be getting individual faction books or is it all going to be in the main book? You're going to have to wait and see. Can't yeah. answer those kind of questions yet. 40k punk said the flayed one teased in the fluff Ooh. reckon we'll get new models for those that's a possibility Probably. possibility lou rollins says but they will get a new lieutenant yeah you can always Dang count it. on that probably two <laughs> lieutenants maybe 10 who knows you can have an <laughs> army an army of uh lieutenants james carmona in the chat says you guys are handsome oh thanks, thanks james hopefully it's nice over in boston all right, and after the Games Workshop stream, be sure to tune in to the Nova Open Charitable Foundation charity stream. Consider buying some raffle tickets to support the cause. Since the Nova Open got canceled, 
They are trying to continue to raise money for charity. They've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity over the years. And if you want to do that, the link is in the show notes or just head on over to the Nova Open Charitable Foundation. Just do a Google search, you'll find it. This stream is going to be on Saturday, September 12th, starting at 10.45 a.m. Eastern time. And it's going to be going on after the GW stream. And it's going to be hosted by Paul Murphy and Adam Camilleri. You might see yours truly making an appearance on this. You can buy raffle tickets. I believe they're $10 a pop. You get entered in to win awesome, fully painted, gorgeous models, all kinds of amazing stuff that have been donated by um, uh, artists and sponsors. And all the money goes towards charity, primarily breast cancer. So, uh, and Doctors Without Borders, it's a, a noble cause. So they're, they're trying to make up for what they're not going to be able to do um, since they're not having a physical event. So check it out. And if you're feeling in a charitable mood, you can um, buy a couple of raffle tickets, maybe win. Yeah. Uh, there's a yeah. funny comment by Sineshi Puffmutter a little long. So let's see. He's actually asking about Wraith Blades with Yandin, saying he's having a subpar experience. Ah, just keep experimenting. Um, Wraith Guard are good in this edition because they're a tough unit that can go take an objective. They can take an objective away from somebody. But um, obviously, you know, when you get your codex, that's going to mix things up, hopefully for the better for you. But in the meantime, if you really like playing a ghost army, just, just keep rocking it. Yep. Keep rocking it. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Um, and I'm sure with time and experience, you'll, you'll get it worked out. Yeah, just reps. Yeah. Get those reps. Just like being in the gym, baby. That's right. Got to get them reps. Look at Frankie and I. We're living examples of that. <laughs> yeah, pure specimens over here. We're what happens when you don't get the reps. That's right. <laughs> when you can't get the reps, you look like uh, us. Frankie looks like Polly D, says James Carmona. That's right. He's like, you got some sun. That's right. I'm a boat person now. I'm yeah, over the weekend, you were out boating on the lake. Yeah. Um, sounded like a blast. All right, for a lot of you that have been asking, uh, we are getting restocked on FLG mats. We're out of a lot of sizes. Uh, turns out when people were stuck at home, they got mats. And a lot of them, more than we were expecting. So we, we stocked out on a lot of sizes. We are restocking. That's happening this week and next week. And then we have some uh, game stores that have been patiently waiting to get restocked also. So we're going to get restocked. We're going to get all those game store orders done first. And then we're going to open it up for uh, consumer sales to retail sales. We just want to avoid overloading ourselves and causing delays. So we're just going to do it one step at a time. That means it's going to take about a week longer than we thought to be available for consumers again, but right around the 20th, I think, in that range. Yeah, probably around the 20th. So around the 20th, uh, all the sizes that have been missing or, or some of the main ones, 44 by 60 being the big one. That's so funny that I just noticed that image is wrong. It says 40 by 60. Nice. Classic Mariana. Champion. Classic Mariana. Because <laughs> you make the images. That's why it's on you. Uh, so 44 by 60, 6 by 4s, 6 by 3s. 30 by 22s, a lot of the popular sizes. Those will all be available again. Thank and you for your patience. And also the new size, 44 by 30. What? Yeah. For, and uh, our conversion kits. For Combat Patrol, yep. right? 
Yep. And then yeah, then the the, the actually those we could probably put in earlier. We will be releasing those soon. Soon. So the conversion kit, what that is, is if you have a six by four mat, you don't want to buy a new mat. You can just get the conversion kit. You lay these on top of your uh, six by four, and it turns it into a forty-four by sixty. Yep. Uh, Slaneshi Puffmutter is desperate. Reese, my man, I beg you. How do I use wraith blades with swords? They he seem begs you. so subpar. They only kill half a marine and got no shield. Well, then explain it, Reese. Yeah, this is what you do. <laughs> you magnetize them, and now you switch them for the axe and the shield. There you go. <laughs> or you switch them out for Dark Reapers. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Dark Reapers are so good. Yeah, very good. In this edition. You know what? Um, striking Scorpions are quite good now, too, for okay, playing the cheap. objective game. Cheap, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also an update on just normal business operations. I know a lot of you uh, are patrons of us as well, which we sincerely appreciate. We had kind of a rocky road going through um, COVID. A lot of online retailers went through the same same thing. Uh, looks like we looked like we were going to go out of business, and then online sales went above what is normal. That's why you even saw Amazon not able to keep up, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so there was, and then GW wasn't shipping out product. It was just a mess. So we've mostly got that all resolved. For anybody that had to order, that got kind of screwed up. We're really sorry. It largely wasn't anything we had control over. But we heavily invested uh, in hiring new employees. We brought on a consultant to help streamline systems. We invested in a ton of new products. So now all orders ship within one to two business days with very few exceptions. So if you wanna give us a shot or if you're already a customer, your order should be shipping out right away. Um, that does mean that there's some products that we're just not selling right now because they're hard to get, but that's the trade-off. Yep. So when some you lose some, yeah, but it should be a better experience for everybody. Um, and like we said, our deepest apologies for anybody that was delayed. Uh, and we are still going through some backlogs that were in the old system. Um, so please bear with us. But. Yeah, it was just kind of a mess. Like no one knew what to do, right? Everyone thought it was going to be the worst economic depression ever. I mean, it was in many senses, but since people were stuck at home, now it seems obvious people started buying online more, right? Yeah. Like, well, no kidding. But it didn't feel like that at the time. Like even Games Workshop shut down. Yeah. And then they couldn't keep up. And then they were allocating our orders. And then they weren't sending us things without telling us. Which they're still doing all that. <laughs> so we None were, of that has changed. We but. were just like, what are we? Oh, this is so crazy. So it was, it was a little chaotic. Yeah. It's relatively smooth now. Um, and we're adding tons of new stuff to the web cart. Um, if you have any products you'd like to see us carry, please email in. Contact at frontlinegaming.org. Let us know or leave a comment on this cast. Let us know if there's you know, RPGs, hobby supplies, game aids, whatever, other miniatures games you'd like to see us carry, just let us know. And we're, we're, we're happy to expand what we offer. So this week we added in some fun stuff like some Vallejo pigments. Ooh. If you've never used weathering pigments, they're super easy to use and they look great. Yeah. So you can add mud or rust, snow, all dust. Uh, really, really cool. Vallejo is a Spanish company that produces really high quality um, uh, paints and pigments and hobby supplies. We also have some of their airbrush paints and some of their washes. This is top of the line stuff, very reasonably priced. If you want to pick it up, you can do so. We also started carrying some Gale Force 9 hobby supplies. I use a ton of Gale Force 9 stuff in my own uh, armies. If you go look at pictures of my armies, you'll see a lot of it. They make really cool basing materials flocks um they have really good hobby tools 
really good, um, uh, really fun stuff like miniature chains and rope that you can use to put on your models if you really want to spice them up. Super fun stuff. Obviously, totally optional. You don't need it by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but if you really want to spice your models up and take it to the next level, they have some great stuff. That's in the web cart. And we also picked up uh, Shadowrun. Well, six, well, I think it's 6th edition Shadowrun. It says 6th World. Yeah, I believe it is. <laughs> the latest uh, the latest uh, edition of the very popular Shadowrun RPG. It's near and dear to my heart. It's a little before your time. Yeah, it's um, cool. But, man... The super the Shadowrun game on Super Nintendo, one of my favorite. <laughs> Frankie's like, what's Super Nintendo? No, I played Super Nintendo. What was what was out when you were a kid? What was the the normal Nintendo. one? Nintendo. Nintendo was out for me, and then I played. No, Nintendo came out before you were born. I don't think so. Yeah, dude, it? it came out no. when I was five. Well, I played. I had one. Really? And I played it, and I played Super Nintendo. No kidding. And then I went to PlayStation. I thought you would have been at like. Yeah, I remember PlayStation, PlayStation 1, 1, but I remember when a Nintendo came out. Because before that, we played Pong and Atari. Well, there was uh, Atari, and then there was Sega. No, uh, Nintendo was first. Oh, was it? 99% certain. Cause we it had might a, have been. It might my have been. uncle had Atari, yeah. and I thought he was the coolest dude of all time. Played like River, sick, River yeah. Raider and shit. But my, my best friend down the street had Pong, and <laughs> we loved that. <laughs> And then Nintendo came out, and uh, we loved it. But then I remember we got track and field for Nintendo with the power pad. Yeah. And we figured out you could cheat if you just hit it with your hands. Yeah. So you guys, like, running, like, a seven-second, like, 100-meter dash. And then we did the long jump. You, like, do the pad. You jump off of it. And then you jump back onto it. You did, like, a 50-foot long jump. You're like, I'm the greatest. Oh, that that was fun, man. Yeah. I think N64 was the one that was, like, my time. Yeah. That and Game Boys. Because Super Nintendo came out when I was a kid, and then um, that was when I switched to PC in high school, so I stopped playing consoles. Yeah, the PCs were just so much better. Ooh, Commodore 64. Hell yeah, I played that. Oregon Trail, baby. Ooh, Oregon Trail. He died of dysentery. Best. Dang it. <laughs> what was the other one? It was like a, it taught you how to do like math. And yeah, like, number like, uh, of verbs and stuff. Math blaster. Like a little creature that would like eat things. Math blaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was it. It was great. Yeah. Archon Doll says my grandma had an NES that we'd play. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you remember the Sega Game Boy that came out? That was yeah. like so much cooler. Yeah, it was color. But like nobody had it. It, it was, was color, like dude. People. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the chat, they were asking uh, uh, if we're going to update the ITC bundles to have 44 by 60 mats. We are going to offer an option with that mat size. Yep. We just have to wait until we get uh, fully restocked and ready to go. Yeah, the Game Gear, dude. I remember... Because Game Boy was so badass. And then my buddy was like, oh, check this out. I'm like, it's color? What? Yeah. It was sick. Oh, dude, you remember those little handheld games that were made by Tiger? Like Street Fighter and stuff? And it was like... Oh, yeah. It was like its own little Game Boy. But that, that was the only game that was on it. Yeah, it was yeah. one game. Yeah. And it was the worst graphics. It was like Donkey Kong. And it was the worst graphics of all time. I remember Street Fighter. It was like, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> Fireball. And I still loved it. What about the... Where you'd feed your little pet? Did you have one of those? Oh, that was, was like a keychain. Yeah. It was like a keychain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a digital you had to like, like feed your little guy. Yeah. Mine always died. That was really bad. <laughs> oh, in other news, uh, there's an awesome. Sick. Dude, this is such a badass action figure. So yeah. the company is called Green Wolf Studios. They have a Kickstarter going right now for an officially licensed Cadian uh, Sergeant. And it's phenomenal. I think his clothes are actually cloth. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, like it's like the old G.I. Joe's. Yeah, yeah. So good. Like just 
spectacular. Um, and it looks like he's like an old G.I. Joe size too, which is like over a foot tall. So really, really cool. cool. Um, it, you know, it'd be great to put it on if you have a display case with collectibles or on your desk at work. Um, they're a little expensive, but the quality is, is amazing. Yeah, I think they're they're also releasing a space marine, space marine carrier, uh, salamander. Salamander's an imperial fist. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. And that's through Bandai. Bandai yeah. yeah. So those are going to be coming up for sale soon. Um, and these are action figures, space, primary space marines. They look amazing. Uh, I've been so tempted to do that or get like a Funko Pop, but I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? Like, I just put it on display, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but put they do it look cool. Bed. Ooh, you my girlfriend Glass love cases. that. Yeah, I already sold her on putting uh, uh, a um, Cowboy Bebop print on the wall. <laughs> I was like, it's that or Princess Mono. Okay, you pick. <laughs> the choice is yours. <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. Uh, all right. In other less awesome, very sad, bummer news, but probably not a surprise. So uh, SoCal Open, we were hanging in there to try and get as close as possible to see if things would change. And uh, the state of California did say last week or two weeks ago that they would allow indoor events of up to 100 people. So we were like, oh, there's a chance we might be able to do it. Because again, as we've said a million times, the hall's huge. We could have people nowhere near each other, which combined with a mask, which I believe would probably be fine. I'm not a doctor, take it with a grain of salt. we were in communication with the administrators of the venue and they said that they're only allowing outdoor events through the end of the year, despite what the state of California said. So, womp womp. Yeah, and as as fun as it sounds, playing 40K outside, I think we're gonna pass. Yeah, we did consider it briefly. Like if we put up a big tent, we were like, it's possible. But if it was windy or something like that, it would suck. And yeah. it just wasn't worth it. No. So sadly, we are gonna have to cancel the SoCal Open 2020. Bummer, although probably not unexpected. Yep. Uh, we were hoping that we could do it safely, but you know it is what it is. So uh, if you did buy a ticket and you haven't yet got a refund, if you've already got a refund, you're fine. Don't worry about it. You don't have to fill this out. Yep. But because it's a lot of people and it's going to be impossible to try and track it all through email chains and people try. I had people texting me. I had people like Facebook messaging me. Oh, dude, do this with my ticket. I'm like, bro, come on. There's hundreds of you. Fill the sheet out, please. Yeah. So fill out this this sheet. Um, we give you four options for what to do with your ticket so that you're not gonna you're not SOL. Everyone can um, can apply for a refund under the normal rules for refunds. Um, there's a service fee associated with that. That's the way it's been the whole time for everybody. Uh, you can use 100% of it as store credit in our web cart. You can just apply it to the next year. Uh, if you're feeling generous, you can consider a donation that helps offset the cost that we're not, the money we're not getting back. Or, um, oh, that's it. That's all four options. So uh, no matter what, you're going to get taken care of. No one's getting hosed. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully these vaccines come out soon. They're supposed to be giving the first vaccine to first responders and teachers in October. Yeah. So it was just, it was the right call to make. So yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully um, we get to see all you guys next year. Yeah. And fingers crossed for LVO. We're feeling yeah, good because <laughs> the uh, venerable Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci did say that they would know by November if one of these vaccines that are in stage three testing is going to be good to go for mass distribution. So fingers crossed. Go science. Yeah. Come on. Come on, baby. I feel like I'm at the horse races. I'm like, go, go, go. <laughs> sick of this. I'm sick of not being able to do stuff and see all of our friends. 
<sighs> that's the hardest part is just not yeah. being able to see everybody it so. is i'm so over this <laughs> come on uh anyway uh check out the other podcasts on the frontline gaming podcast network as always uh, we have tons of awesome content chapter tactics which pablo likes to remind us every chance he gets is the most downloaded uh cast on the on the network <laughs> and it's for good reason it's high quality it's content good. uh also obviously signals from the front line there's also art of war art of war down under and those plucky canadians at stats centre because they spell it the english way refuse to pronounce that correctly <laughs> with their colors and armors uh check it out all kinds of great content to get you through your work week all right itc news Ooh, exciting stuff cool cool if you like the itc you like what it's about you think it's been positive for your hobby consider supporting it financially helps us cover server fees and labor and all that stuff uh the trophies and all that stuff that we come out of pocket for so oh and you can do that via the itc patreon i want to yeah, tell you where you to go, go. There's that. <laughs> aurelio korea uh korea in the chat says socal is my favorite event of the year so i'm sad but just looking forward to 2021. Yeah. Thanks for sticking out as long as you guys did. Yeah, thanks, man. We're bummed we don't get to see you. Yep. Maybe next time you and I play, it'll go past turn one. Doubtful. I was so hungover in that game, I forgot my shooting phase, and I was like, you win. <laughs> 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 I was like, wow, that was terrible. Yeah. That was terrible. Um, all right, let's take a look at the 40K ITC uh, competitive track rankings. And as we always say during the COVID times, uh, if you're going to go to an event, awesome happy for you just make sure they're following the rules yep right make sure they're following the health, health and safety guidelines that are easy to find online and um you know points are awesome but they're not worth risking your health or the health of somebody else no so top five 40k competitive track ken knox first place followed by vic vj who was leading all the year <laughs> by default <laughs> ryan snyder is in third mark gator hertel which is the so good. best nickname so good is in fourth james kelling in fifth uh hobby track current 40k hobby track top five john smith in first followed by colton hash scott boucher in third james weston in fourth richard kilton in fifth and i believe rich is in the chat what's up dude age of sigma current competitive track top five matt beasley in first william Oh boy, so highly. <laughs> William, so highly. Think I got that right? I think you got it. In second, Jared Zizueta. In third, Michael Viganios. In fourth, Hannah Easton. In fifth, Hobby Track. Ooh. Age of Sigmar, man, that's some low hanging fruit. If you want to win this, <laughs> get out there. Get yeah. out there. Uh, Russell Tanner is in first, followed by Matt Abbott, Dan Sanchez in third, Brian Blickle in fourth, tied with Robert Snyder. They also in fourth. Uh, current Warhammer Underworlds, aka Shadespire, current top five, Ivan Cho, followed by Glenn Dean, Jonathan Colson in third, Cody Handler in fourth, Michael Melody. What a sweet name. It is. It, music to my ears. It just rolls off the tongue. It is. That is a beautiful, I mean, he's a beautiful man too. Oh, I'm sure. Michael I'm sure, Melody has yeah. probably got long hair that flows in the wind. Oh yeah. Just looks like he's always in sunshine. Yeah. Just, always. The sun's always behind like him. He opens the door and Ooh. it's just like. Who is that man? Nice breeze comes in. You're like, wow, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he listens to our podcast. <laughs> He's all, thanks, guys. I needed that. Yeah. I was having a down day. Uh, Kill Team, ITC, top five. Rudy, Pertu, Tatanin in first. I'm sure. Why are there two in a row with three names? Why all these Spanish sense. players have so many names? Guys, come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Angel Alvarez Serrano. 
Serrano in uh, second, Manuel Melguizo in third, John Sow in fourth, and Janice Gilhelm in fifth. Nice. Woo-wee. All right, so there was our GT this past weekend. We want to take a quick look at who did what. Now, pardon me. The first thing to note is there were no Space Marines in the top four. Well, Custodes are Space Marines. Come are on. they, though? They are. Are they? So this was the YHP Labor Day uh, GT. And uh, first place was Stephen Henry IV. That is, an, that is another name. Stephen Henry IV. His middle name should be Weatherby or something like that. Henry's good. No, oh, that's not his middle name. That's his last name. Sure. I thought the fourth was his uh, last name. Wouldn't that be such a cool last name? Of course. Just a number. <laughs> of course this guy plays Custodes because it's the most regal of fashions. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, he was playing Custodes. And of course, if you want to take a close look at these lists, head on over to 40kstats.com where our friend the Falcon ah, ah, spends his yeah. snowy days in the north compiling 40k stats. And we love him for it. Uh, so yeah, he had a, a patrol so, detachment of Custodes, which we're seeing a lot. It's a very interesting list. Yeah. Very, And he's got uh, some Caladius in there. I like it. Yeah. Hey, look who's back, baby. No, tell him in though. No, tell him in. And then I see, uh, if you want to go read a fun article, Ben, uh, uh, ben wrote, go tell him on the mountain. <laughs> Amazing. So good. About the tell him in, if you want to see that at, at uh, frontlinegaming.org. So yeah, it's a, um, uh, a patrol detachment and then a um, spearhead detachment, which we're seeing a lot of people experiment with this combo because there's not really the penalty that you got before. You still get a ton of um, command points. Yeah, well, especially with, like, Custodes and stuff, that before we're starting with, like, three command points. Now at least you'll start with more. So. Yeah. So Custodes have really gotten kind of, kind of a boost in Ninth Edition. We're seeing them do really well. Yeah. And it, this is interesting. It's three Cladius grab tanks, an Ares gunship, um, the Oculon Custodians, which are the Forge World Terminators, correct? Yep. Yeah. So a really durable unit. They all have OBSEC. Um, you've got Custodian Guard, uh, just one unit, and then some Prosecutors. Yeah. Um, so you got some really durable, hard-hitting units that are good at grabbing objectives and some mobile tanks. My question is, what are the prosecutors in the list for? Ben I've Shibata. never seen somebody use prosecutors before. Um, prosecutors. Um, Very interesting. It's the sisters of silence. Silence. Yeah, that is interesting. Silence. Sisters. So it's the Talons of the Emperor army, actually. Um, little psychic defense. Maybe. Yeah. And then, again, you've got some uh, the ability to go and grab... Um, Objectives. Ben Schmoller in the chat, which writes a lot of our Custodes uh, articles, is saying that the Forge World Terminator is a fire. He also says, shut up, Frankie Giampapa. Hey, you calm yourself. <laughs> uh, Ma'am, dear, you are late to the party, bro. I went <laughs> off on the Dune trailer for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Don't start him. <laughs> Don't get what him would you like to talk about? I've already about? listened to that same conversation three times today. <laughs> Not doing a fourth. Uh, Colin David Mack in the chat says they are anti-psycho support for the sisters. Yeah, That's totally. Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and Mamder says, yeah, you did, baby. Uh, don't give me, it gets me all, it gets my motor going. I love Dune. It's so good. Uh, second place was Shane Watts playing um, Orcs. Interesting list, too. He had a, a bunch of 30, boards. a yeah. bunch of 30-man board, or 29-man boarding squads, which is interesting. I think they're 30. No, they are 29. Uh, anyway, an Orc horde, which a lot of people were, were proclaiming was a dead army. DOA with ninth edition because of the changes to blast rules. Then they FAQ'd the blast rules to not nearly be so good, so it's not as bad as it was. <laughs> um, and you've got uh, Gaz, uh, Big Mech, 
ton of boys, some commandos. Commandos are great, this addition. Anything that can do a commandos or rippers or any of these little cheap units that can jump onto objectives do are really useful. And then he's got some mega knobs for uh, cleaning people up and a couple of trucks. So uh, interesting list. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, we've talked about it a few times. I think hordes will be kind of like a spoiler army in this edition um, because most armies aren't gearing the firepower to kill a horde. They're gearing it to kill elites. So you're seeing like melta guns and stuff like that, whereas orcs don't care. Like, oh, he killed one orc. Good job. <laughs> yeah, like my list, my tyranny list would be. I, I would. This would raffle stop me. I wouldn't have a chance. Yeah. Because I built my list to kill space marines, right? So I, I, this many boys would just run me over. I wouldn't have no chance. Yep. Um, so I think it is going to be a really good spoiler army. Uh, like you said, I agree with you. that, um, And then you can take these big units of, of boys and stick them on an objective, and it's like, good luck. Yep. They're usually going to have a 5++, plus plus, 6++, plus plus plus, and uh, it's just going to be really difficult to shift them. Uh, and they still largely don't care about morale that much. Nope. Uh, third place, uh, Charles Craig was playing Chaos Space Marines. I think he had um, uh, demons in there as well. He had Mortarian. Uh, got it. So um, uh, Chaos List, always good to see Chaos Space Marines doing doing well. A Lord, Sorcerer, Marines, some Poxwalkers. Poxwalkers are really good now uh, for sitting on objectives. They're not so overpriced, comparatively speaking, anymore, in my opinion, considering they're only two points more than the cheapest models and they're way better. Yeah. Ignore morale with a feel no pain. Uh, possessed to do the heavy lifting of killing stuff. Plague burst crawlers, they're just good in general. They've always been good since they came out. And big boy Mortarian, you can't go can't go wrong with him. So he's got the Gnarl Maw. So what what uh, what do you think about this list, Frankie? This is kind of in alignment with what you play. Uh, kinda. I mean, I usually take Plague Marines. Um, I don't think he had any Plague Marines, right? No. So I take a Plague Marine heavy army. Um, but uh, I think. Death Guard and Plague Marines and or not Plague Marines and uh, Nurgle just in general will do well because of their resilience. Um, in this edition, if you can stand on an objective for more than like one turn, you're going to do very well. So um, I think his list probably played to that very well, especially with the Pox Walkers that are fearless um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I, like I agree. It. And you, you're noticing that like a lot of these lists have the ability to hold objectives because yeah. it's so important in this edition. And then fourth place, we had Aiden Barkley playing um, Play Company, Mortarian's Anvil. I can't remember what that is from off the top of my head. It uh, must have been from one of the Psychic Awakening books. But uh, a malignant playcaster, a bunch of Plague Marines, um, got the uh, Foul Blight Spawn, which are really popular right now, the Biologus, uh, Plague Burst Crawlers, and uh, Lord of Change with a bunch of Nurglings. So kind of a similar list, uh, really durable, got some really heavy-hitting units, a bunch of units that can run around the table grabbing objectives. So kind of similar, not surprising. I think they, this is probably going to be really popular as we go um, go through the edition with what limited events we're actually able to do. Uh, and I think you're going to see this pattern repeated. Tough units that can take objectives, that can take objectives away from your opponent, mobility, and lots of little units that you can throw around to get up to, to get secondary and primary points. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And Plague Marines are great at it. You can take a little five-man squad that'll kill almost anything in the game. So, um, yeah, I think this is a solid list for sure. Lord of Change is weird. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about the Lord of Change. Like, why why the Lord of Change? I know that all the greater demons are way better now than they were because of the changes to terrain. Yeah. Um, it's easier to hide them now because they can hide behind obscuring terrain. And that makes a huge difference with uh, except for the great unclean one unfortunately yeah, yeah. 
But the other ones, like the Lord of the Change, now you can actually hide that big giant model. So that probably makes a big difference um, in keeping them alive. Yeah, and the impossible ro robe is really good. So just another resilient model. So it can do quite a bit of damage. Can shoot out a lot of mortal wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what the uh, the other interesting bit is the uh, assault drill. I'm seeing a lot of chaos players take these, um, and it's a reverse drop pod. It comes up from under the ground. It actually can kill stuff though, and it's mobile. Yeah. And then you can deliver some really good units. You know, in this case, probably the big unit of plague marines. Uh, you can pop up and then deliver them wherever you want them. So it helps with mobility. Mm -hmm. So pretty solid list. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. Congratulations to everybody, and uh, glad that we can get some safe events and actually get some events. Yeah. Because it's something to talk about. <laughs> all right we painted this absolutely gorgeous chaos night for a client check it out frontline gaming or flgpaintstudio.com excuse me we're always taking new commissions and if you are trying to make some extra money during covid maybe you lost your job maybe you know you just uh, down on your luck whatever the case may be um, if you think you got what it takes if you can paint like this hit us up we're always hiring new painters as well you can work from home supplement your income and uh do something you like yeah you can watch Definitely. the dune Ooh, uh, watch the dune movie dune or trailer, trailer just on, over and over on loop on repeat while you're painting something like this but this night does look absolutely it's sick amazing yeah, yeah it's Super really good. good all right let's go ahead and answer some questions and we will wrap up episode 701 Ooh. skywatcher adam says thumbs up everybody Ooh. you know what thumbs up back at you buddy thumbs up sir mm. Yes, uh, Chapter Tactics is another podcast on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network, hosted by the Rhino. On the last episode, I think they had the Cyborg, uh, Brandon Grant was on it, and they were talking about uh, all kinds of fun stuff. I think the topic uh, was how to maximize your odds of winning going second. Ooh. Tomodachi Express topic. notes, and this time the knight's weapons are facing the right way. Yeah, Mariana. In your face. The last ones, all the guns were backwards. I was like, how do you do this? I liked it. It was just a new twist on the way they do. That's right. And you didn't want to turn around. The enemies were the backup camera. <laughs> da, 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 da. All right, Mariana, you get some points for recovering <laughs> with that joke. JTW Geek says, painting commissions for you guys has brought in money for me during the COVID mess Ooh. when I didn't have any coming in. Well, thank you. Happy to have you on the team. And you're very welcome. And thank you for your hard work. We're happy to have you. Uh, so is Codex Creep going to be an issue asks Ergun Uluk well we've answered this question many times so obviously there, some codexes are better than others only a, a person who was being disingenuous would say otherwise uh, the issue with perception of codex creep is that when something's new it seems overwhelming it's always been the case the new when you get hit with something new it's like that's broken oh my gosh after a couple reps you get used to it, it doesn't actually seem broken anymore so it takes time to get a real assessment of if something's OP or not. And if you look at the data, which for the first time in the history of 40K, we have real data, the game was actually really balanced. There was a couple outliers at the bottom at the top. Space Marines, obviously, at the top. I can't remember who the, the bottom was. It was like Space Wolves. Space Wolves, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you look at the majority of the armies, they were plus or minus, they were within 5% of the median. So the game was actually really balanced. And I think that's going to be the case but I also think that there's going to be some outliers. There's going to be armies that are too good and there's going to be armies that are too bad, but the vast majority of them are going to be right near the middle, which is where you want them. So will Codex Creep be a problem? I don't think it's going to be any better or worse. Um, that's not true. I think it's going to be better than it's been in editions past, but I think it'll probably be in alignment with 8th edition. 
There's going to be some mistakes, some things that slip through the cracks, but for the most part, the game will be pretty balanced. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's it's really kind of a perception thing, whether something's super broken and there's actual codex creep. But um, I mean, as codexes come out, right, the older codexes do become less viable. So in that sense, I think uh, codex creep is a thing. But um, for anything that was like coming out this year and forward, I think for the most part, it'll be a lot like it was in eighth edition. It'll be pretty balanced. So. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, so hopefully that answers your question. You know, Elgrin is saying thank you. You're very welcome, man. Uh, Eric Lauterbach asks, FOG doesn't have a lot of Lord of the Rings stock. Does it not sell? It, it doesn't sell super well. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's probably stores in the world that sell a ton of Lord of the Rings. For us, it's always been like the least, the, the least well-selling, the grammar on that was terrible, the poorest selling of all of uh, Games Workshop lines for us. Yeah. Um, it, it sells, but it doesn't sell like it, it doesn't justify carrying a bunch of the stock. Um, so if there's anything you want, you can always email us and we'll just special order it for you. It will let you know if, if it's actually, if Games Workshop even has it. Because the problem we've been having is Games Workshop doesn't have all of their own products because they can't make it fast enough. Yeah. That's why there's been all these issues with having trouble finding, you know, product. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it sells okay. It's not terrible, it's not great. Uh, Daniel Alstrom is asking about the changes to Blast. Okay, as it's been explained to me, and I think this is in the FAQ, I'm not 100% certain. I don't, I don't think they did FAQ it. So here's an unofficial answer to that because I, I got this one wrong myself. He's asking with, with the way Blast works, when a Wyvern shoots at a unit with 11 or more models, uh, does it get 24 shots? Um, the way it's been explained to me is that no matter how many dice you're rolling, you get a minimum of three, which were the wyverns obviously stupid because you can't roll three with four D6. Yeah. Um, take that with uh, that's don't take that as an official. This is the rules answer. Go check the FAQ. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure they, they didn't FAQ it because they felt that it was clear because raw raw. It is the minimum is three, even if you're rolling a hundred D6, which kind of, Silly. silly yeah it's kind of silly in my opinion but for game balance I, I think it's actually better because you can have an army like the guy that got second place with the oryx chain you can actually play that army and not just get obliterated by somebody with blast weapons i think it's more fair yeah. I, I just don't think it's that great there you go Aurelio explains it. it says it's based on weapon not die rolled okay cool yeah, i remembered i was talking to them and i couldn't remember if it was in the faq or not um so, well, and then there's confusion in the chat. So, uh, Aurelio, if you don't mind, if you could link to that. Um, I, I can't remember if it's in the FAQ or not. Uh, and then uh, Green Inc. is saying it's minimum three shots, no matter how many dice you roll. Yeah, yeah. that was what was explained to me as well. So, eh, good and bad. Yeah. You know, it's better than it was for most units, but it's not overpowering. No. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, Guillermo de la Pena, does FLG have a Mutalith Vortex in stock? I don't remember off the top of my head, but if you go into Maybe. the web cart, if it's in there, we have it. Yep. Uh, if it's in there and it says it's in stock, we have it. Uh, Lou Rollins is asking, has the terrain footprint issue be, been resolved? So I've been trying to gather data. Let me know. Let us know. Uh, if you can comment, please, on the uh, YouTube or on the Frontline Gaming. Um, how do you play ruins that are based? Do you play the, the base as having the obscuring keyword or do you only play the ruin as having the obscuring keyword? 
I've been asking around and it's, it's about 50, 50. A lot of people I've been asking play it one way. A lot of people play it the other way. It's causing some confusion. A lot of people are like, obviously you won't. Cause if I can see you across the base of a ruin, there's no, literally nothing in between us. Why wouldn't I be able to see you? And some people are like, oh yeah, raw, that's how it is. And you know, it's kind of confusing. It's one of the most commonly asked questions. The other one is how should we set up terrain in this edition? That's a very good question. Yep. Um, GW put out some examples in the book. Um, not everybody has that many ruins. So <laughs> a lot of ruins. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so let us know, like, how do you play it? Um, I think, um, like, instinctively, you would play it that the base doesn't have the obscuring keyword because it doesn't really make sense unless you played in fourth edition when that was normal. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, we're trying to figure it out so we can help give people guidance. On it also it. depends on how much terrain you have on the table, right? If you only have four pieces of terrain, then yeah, count all the bases as being obscured. If you have 10 pieces of terrain on the board, then don't count the bases or whatever you want. So, yeah. Um, yep. Well, we'll have to wait and see, um, gather a little bit more data on that. And uh, this is an appropriate question to end the show on. Nova Star says, so Reese, who is your favorite Dune character? Well, I don't think that's appropriate. Let me start off by listing all the characters. Let's not do that. <laughs> I think about yeah. them. Uh, no, my favorite character, my favorite character in Dune would be a tie. It would be a tie. I like Leto a lot because he's like a good guy. But I really like Duncan Idaho and Stilgar. Those are my, probably my favorite characters. He is naming all of them. Yeah, <laughs> there's a big hook. Comes Who is out. your favorite character? He's like all of them. Uh, Here's all their names. Here's their backstory. I was like the, the Potty Shot Emperor. There, there was <laughs> that how one. How much they can bench? <laughs> there was that one Sadaka uh, captain that killed yeah. his killed his own guy to complete the mission. I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and fade out. All right, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 701 of Signals from the Frontline. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to jump in, grab some of those Lumineth Realm Lords if you want. Obviously, all kinds of other cool stuff in the web card if you want to pick it up. Shipping within one to two days. Boom, boom. Woo. Hope you have a great week, a great weekend. And until then, happy gaming. We'll talk to you next week.